0: Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by Rem's Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website techontoast.community where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. the next episode of tech on toast and this week we have the lovely dub lee uh dub where are you from
1: uh so i'm from honest burgers um
0: and uh, yeah, i know so... you're really excited tell us your title dub what do you do
1: <laughs> so i'm a <laughs> systems architect um which doesn't sound like anything i do anything which is mostly true um but i look after all things uh technology and bespoke
0: technology at honest wow and how long have you been at honest for uh two and a half years Two and a half years. So uh, we were just talking off air about um, some work the pioneers did with you guys and how you kind of come in with that new wave of honest people. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Honest people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a ride. Yeah, Are you enjoying it? Uh, it's been crazy, but yeah, I
1: don't think I'd change it for the world. Really, um, learned a hell of a lot. Changed my job title and what I've been doing about four times in two and a half <laughs> years. So it's it honest is it's it really is a a, a rocket ship at the minute.
0: Yeah, it really is. I think it's fa- it's fascinating to watch actually from a customer's point of view, to watch your progression is really interesting. And I think it's, um, I was just writing a blog actually around how everyone talks about hostility and crisis. And I think whilst the challenge is, some brands are almost feeding off it and, and exceeding expectations from it. And I think you're one of those brands, right?
1: Yeah, I def- definitely think so. I mean, we had a, a fairly good pandemic. Um, we didn't make anyone in restaurants redundant at all. Um I think we, you know, we just have an incredible team and so much passion that um, we can pretty much uh, see off any challenge. I think um, the the most tricky thing for us will be coming out of it now. And what does that look like? Customers' expectations have changed entirely. People's behaviours have changed entirely. So, like, we could pivot quite quickly for pandemic life because we were sort of doing a bit of delivery anyway. Yeah. Um, but now it's what does this sort of crazy new world look like um what will you know we're a business that over 70 percent of our locations are in central london so how do we pivot uh, when most of the business is not happening in central london anymore um, it's very interesting
0: and, and uh, we need to explain dub because i i was asked you off air but then i thought no do you know what i'll save this for the podcast so uh yeah what is the name dub where is it from <laughs> um so my real name is callum but
1: um, only my mum and my GP called me Callum. <laughs> um, so there were, there were two Callums in my class at school, um, which uh, caused no end of confusion because we were the same height, same build, same colour hair. So all of the mean kid things of ginger Callum and blonde Callum and fat Callum and skinny Callum and tall Callum and small Callum, they just didn't work because we were basically exactly the same. So the only difference was he spelled his name with one L, so C-L-U-M, mine is C-A-L-L-U-M. So it started off as double L, and then it got shorter and shorter, um, and eventually became dub.
0: Very cool. I love that. So, I didn't yeah. think that was going there. I thought you were going to come up with some really weird family history, but that's much simpler. So, yeah,
1: my mum's a big reggae fan. She loves right. dub music. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was buying into that. Then stop it. Uh, yeah. and, and have you always been obsessed with tech dub? What's your background? Are you? Uh, is it something that um, is a personal interest for you? I mean, if no one can see a setup here, but it actually looks more professional than me with his mic and whatnot uh, yeah tell us a little bit about um about dub when he's not honest
1: uh yeah i think i've always been a bit of a nerd really i've always wanted the latest gadget um i you know when i was in uh school i always wanted to be in the computer lab rather than in the in the in the the playing field so um i think i've always been a bit of a nerd actually originally was more interested in learning tech that's where i really started so um started off you know implementing uh, learning management systems and learning experience platforms and you know how do you embed a learning culture within an organization and do all of that change management from courses to resources you know it's a massive shift that's been going on for at least you know 15 years in in yeah. learning and development and that's what i joined honest to do then the pandemic happened and we were like well all of our systems are built for paying our team's instead of the government doing it, uh, operating with restaurants instead of Deliveroo and Uber and whoever else serving our customers for us. So then got thrown into building systems for everything. Um, And that is uh, how I've ended up in this current role.
0: And and I think it's interesting what you bring up there about how things have changed and obviously, it's been well documented, uh, how the pandemic has changed things. But for you guys, you are attempting to build your own systems, aren't you internally? A- and I suppose use some APIs to build into other, other software, but what are you actually building at the moment? What, what have you done that's different over the last uh, 18 months? Um,
1: yeah, so, I mean, we're a big, big user of workplace, uh, from, uh, Meta, formerly Facebook. Uh, so all of, Basically, 98% of our team log into Workplace at least once a week. Um, So we have insane levels of usage and engagement on the platform. But that also means that why would we not use that to do all of our work? Um, So what we've been doing is building chatbots um, and custom tools inside Workplace to do everything honest. So if you want to hire someone, you do it through a chatbot uh on workplace if you want to book a holiday you do it through a chatbot on workplace if you want to update someone's guaranteed hours or change their job title or move them to a different location if you want to reset the password for your google account if you want to um, i could there's and if you want to record overtime for your team you know all this stuff it all happens on workplace so um it's amazing. What we've been doing is building a lot of chatbots that do lots of different things, um, but also building some custom web apps as well for the stuff that a chatbot just isn't the right place. So for doing stuff like forecasting or like looking at a big picture view of what your labor looks like for the week, we've built some custom to uh, some custom web apps that run on our own backend systems. Um, we're a restaurant business with an API, which seems bizarre in you know, like you wouldn't think of a restaurant business you know, hosting a tech stack and having its own APIs, but we do. Um, And it means that we're able to integrate with external systems a lot quicker because instead of having to pay system Y and system X um, 10 grand each to work together, we're our own tech. So we know the complications of our own tech stack and we can go and build those integrations for, you know, my salary, which is nowhere near as much as it would cost uh, somebody uh, you know, two companies that have you know a lot of development and R and D that's going on. Uh, you know, we can do we can do the integrations in our own time, in our own way, um, and when things go wrong, we can fix them instead of waiting two weeks.
0: Wow, and I think it's just—I mean, just that last couple of minutes of you talking shows the shift in what's happened. But I don't think everybody's realised yet. I know it sounds really stupid to say, but I was talking to William Connor from Popeyes in the last podcast, and he was talking about um, that everyone's become an online retailer versus a restaurateur. I said, obviously you're still a restaurateur because you've still got physical guests coming into your businesses when busy. Uh, but you are now an online retailer and behave and need to behave like one. And I think you guys are a really good example of you've gone early. I suppose you're early adopters of this strategy. Would that be fair to say?
1: Um, I think so. I think in some ways, definitely like, you know, things like the burger kits, um, you know, the customer's expectations of online is, is, is really high. And your ability to uh you know problem solve is is reduced quite a lot because you have to go through a delivery partner or you know your customer is 500 miles away whereas in a restaurant you can see the whites of your customer's eyes and even through something like you know a delivery partner like Deliveroo or uber you can at least phone the customer and send them a burger because they're maximum two kilometers away like you know you can resolve things fairly quickly um Whereas you know shipping something to the orkneys is 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 a lot more complicated, and you're looking at three days of of lead time so uh, yeah I think there is a it is a big shift in how you um chat to your customers, but also how do you get that feedback as well as restaurateurs we're we're inherently uh triggered towards receiving immediate feedback um you know, I have a friend who moved from a restaurant business into FMCG and they really, really hated it because they can't speak to their customers. Yeah. They get a report from Sainsbury's or Asda, That's you know, right. how how much did they sell? What was the profit margin and all this stuff? And it's like, yeah, but I want to know what the customers think. Uh, and you just don't you don't get any of that at all. And by being an online retailer, you sort of in the same boat sometimes.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. And and interesting what you said about workplace. Is that something you you started off? Was it a bit of an accident that you're in workplace to start with, or was it a deliberate action to go and build everything there?
1: Um, So, I mean, it. it, it I think yeah, it probably was a bit of a happy accident. Like we we, when way before my time at Honest, everything was WhatsApp groups, right? Um, And the problem with WhatsApp groups is, as soon as you join a WhatsApp group, everyone can see your phone number. Yeah, and if someone can see your phone number. This might be someone in your restaurant. You don't want them to have your phone number. You know, if you're a vulnerable person, um, or if you, uh, you know, I, I like to think that we don't have people like this at Honest, but you never know. Like, it's reality that Honest exists in a world where there are creepy men um, out there. So, you know, and, and you might not want someone to have your phone number or, you know, you go on holiday you don't want to delete WhatsApp from your phone because then you get in, you lose all contacts with all of your friends and family while you're on yeah. holiday. But you also don't want the work group buzzing off. Whereas by going with Workplace, because people were already using WhatsApp, they knew how to use Workplace because it's just Facebook. Yeah. Um, and you can delete that app when you go on holiday. And Workplace doesn't know your phone number and it doesn't know your email address. Um, so there's no way of of anyone getting... In contact with you outside of workplace, unless you choose to give them your phone number or your address.
0: And, and is it? And how do you? When you generate the chat chatbots for all the different reasons you were talking about before, for all the different, a lot of things you were doing actually, <laughs> uh, is that coming from the team or the team telling you we want this, we want that, or is there a bit of both coming? Is it a bit of you guys sitting around the table saying what do we need to give? And is that based on feedback, I suppose, from the guys on the ground?
1: Uh, yeah, it works both ways. So, I mean, the reason we do bots is that they're incredibly quick to yeah. build and iterate on um you know i can push i could build and push a change within an hour um wow. to a chatbot, probably within half an hour really and it goes live instantly across you know everyone everyone in the business so you know it allows you to be really really quick with the way that you iterate and i have you know there's a, a I, I really believe the best the the best way of building anything is to get it into the hands of your users as quickly as possible. So, you know, going and asking the people that you don't want to ask for feedback, go and ask them because they're going to give you the most raw and honest feedback. You know, you don't ask your mates. um, But also, you know, just, just seeing what, watching a user use what you've built and seeing like, oh, actually, no, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Or you could see that they're confused by the wording of something or, you know, where a button is and where they're expecting it to be or actually they're expecting to type there rather than pick an option. So, you know, seeing somebody use your product means that you you can iterate it much quicker and you're actually able to um, make those changes there and then, um, which, you know, is is really, really powerful and also builds a lot of um, trust with your Uh, End users as well. You know, you've got restaurateurs and shift managers who are like, oh, my God, that's amazing that, you know, my feedback has gone into this. And then they're, you know, they're more forgiving when things go wrong further down the line, because they feel like they've, they've taken a, uh, you know, there's a piece of them in this, in this product.
0: Um, it's so powerful, isn't it? that? Because I think I remember back in the day, and I was at Colleges for a long time um, in the early days. And they, any menu, I think at one point we were allowing team members to feed back onto the menu dishes, and it's a very basic yeah. thing. But actually having your cocktail or your menu item or something appear on a menu is pretty cool, yeah. right? For an employee. And I think fast forward 20 years, and you're in this world when, you're, when you guys are doing basically building a tech stack for employees uh, and they're having input into it, it's fantastic, right? Because to be part of that team, and to say, oh, I drove that decision making process or I gave something to it is what hostility is about. should really be about that inclusion uh, that we yeah. kind of lost our way with for a few years. I think pre pre pandemic. I think um, we lost our way with including everybody there. But uh, it, it's really exciting times.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the thing we have is that, you know, we know what the tech can and can't do. Um, so we sort of, you know, we, it for us there's a real danger as nerds that we want the new shiny thing and we'll build the new shiny thing but no one will use it um so i always think you know getting it into the hands of your operators is definitely it will it will stop you veering off that you know that that path um of building stuff that's useful um but also you know just uh, it was it's like, something really simple like i was sat with phil our co-founder and he was like using um one of our bots, the Honest PA, and he typed in, like, who's the manager of bank? Um, And I was like, I would have never thought that that would be something that would be useful. I was like, surely everyone knows who all the managers are, you know. Um, But actually, no, if you're a new restaurateur who's just, you know, started working in London Bridge, you know, 10-minute walk from bank, you don't know who the manager of bank is. So actually, it would be quite nice to be able to ask the Honest PA and the Honest PA could connect you. Or, you know, like give them, give you like the phone number for bank or whatever. Um, so, you know, now we have started working on uh, more natural language processing to allow the chatbot to understand when you say manager and bank, we can go and, and get you the answer rather than take you to a bot flow that asks you to type in the name of the team and then pull every single member of the team. And you have to look out for who the restaurateur is um so you know stuff like that that you you watch a user do something and you're like oh no that's genius that little bit of like gold that you can then go and, uh and turn into a product
0: it's brilliant and, in, and before you said to me before we came on air, we were talking about how um and i wish i, I should have saved it for this but you're going to say it again now anyway but how you build your tech around the culture and it's not the other way around right sorry the culture they can't they can't clash the two things need to work hand in hand right
1: yeah so i mean the example I always use is an expenses system. Like if you have in your employee, I mean, most employee handbooks are garbage that are written by lawyers. So actually employer handbooks are a terrible idea. But for example, yeah. our employee handbook says, you know, with expenses, don't take the piss and behave like an owner and make sure you get a receipt. So um, it might not say it in those exact words, but it's pretty close. Do you know what? It should uh, say it. Yeah, I got I'm it. like, it's, it's pretty damn close to what it says. So... If you're going to put that in your culture, you know your employee handbook should be a culture, you know, a, basically a, a documentation of what your culture is. Um, if you're going to put that into your culture that you behave like an owner, that we trust you, get a receipt. Why does your expenses system require manager approval, exec approval, and director approval and finance team approval before somebody gets their expenses? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Like I don't feel like behave, I don't feel like I'm being trusted and behaving like an owner um it's crazy you know you should be able to you know uh maybe one step one step of like finance check that there's enough money in the bank or that like the date is correct you know but nothing (laughs) you shouldn't have to go through five different people um, and and that's a really good
0: example because expenses for anyone who's been an operator is such an emotive thing because you often you drive your own car spent put your own money in the petrol tank uh, and yeah. obviously you claim that back at the end of the month, wherever you've been. And I think I had one point I had from West London to Manchester as my patch. And it was horrific, right? And I was out of pocket to tune four or 500 pounds every month. And yeah, and you, you're right. You go through that process. I worked for Compass before. Oh my God. Yeah. And that That is a That is a process to get some expenses signed off. But, you know, people do it for the right reasons, I suppose, at the start, that kind of blocker. Uh, but it, it's yeah. not right, is it? If you're a company that says we trust you, then do it.
1: Yeah, we should Yeah, we should absolutely trust you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And I think especially, like, I mean, a lot of operators I speak to, they're like, oh, no, I, I use my expenses as a savings account because it's like <laughs> you, you don't claim it for three months and then suddenly you get this big windfall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I'm, I'm having flashbacks. Uh, and I suppose one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, a lot of operators are buying a lots of tech at the moment, right? And they have been since um, pre-pandemic, obviously, but it's been accelerated, obviously, over what's happened particularly um, with qr codes and um, online pay at table all that kind of stuff but it yeah. seems like there's a bit of a clash coming now where operators are kind of bumping into tech uh with customers in the building as well and there seems to be a bit of a mismatch going on and uh, maybe they didn't buy the best tech or maybe the buying process wasn't right how do you go about landing tech successfully whether you're building it yourself or whether you're buying it in
1: um i think you know i've already said it and I, it, it is like the the key the best the biggest thing is get it into the hands of your users as quickly as you can and get that feedback um that will really really help and also you know your business will already have some systems in like not when i say systems i'm not meaning like tech systems i'm just meaning like the processes by which people do things um you know you will already have those systems in place and you either want tech that helps those systems and formalises them and makes them work in a specific way. Or you need tech that is flexible enough to allow you to, uh, you know, adapt your systems. Or, you know, if every restaurant has a different way of doing things, that it is flexible enough to work in all of those different ways. Um, and I, I think as well, like, it that there is a, a big piece around, you know, you you can change the system, but the people is the hardest thing to, to change. And you've got to you know bring those people in early, um, make sure that they feel really supported and well trained, and um, you know they, they know what's going on. But also you know act on feedback and take feedback and make people feel like they're being listened to. Um, I think there's also you know one of my uh, closest friends is like a consultant that goes and puts procurement systems into lots of different companies and he's he told me the story we were in on holiday together last week told me the story of a client who um like they wanted something changing in the system but the system just is not flexible at all it's like you know if they changed one thing it would change it for all customers right Um, which i understand but i I wish suppliers i wish companies would stop doing this because there is always there's always something that people want changing um but you know and they basically were saying no 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 we've always done it like this they won't they won't accept it we need to change this thing um have you got any uh, other customers that um you know use the, the platform and they were really really adamant that they wanted it changing until they spoke to a different company uh listened to them say oh yeah no we uh, we ch- we 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 used to have the same process we changed to this process this is what we did and it's all working great in fact we're saving you know 2% a year and they were like okay, great. And like my, my mate had been trying to convince them of this for three weeks. (laughs) They had a 10 minute conversation with another customer and it was all fine. So I think, you know, never, never, um, like instead of it being you as a, you know, the person trying to sell the system, standing up in front of a load of operators, trying to pitch your system, get the people that were doing the trials and have given the feedback and all of this stuff to do it you know, yeah. because people will listen to their peers way more than they'll listen to you. Um, you can, you know, fly in as the expert to go and solve all the problems, sure. But the actual, like, you know, embedding stuff and, and getting people on board, it should really be peer-to-peer, in, in my opinion. Um, and I think that will always, uh, always win people over a lot more and will always help, um, you know, people don't want to be dicks to their uh, to their co-workers so they'll they'll save all the tricky questions for you no it's
0: true and, and again when, when william spoke from popeyes he said he, the unique situation of a salesperson being in a room with an operator who's got a problem and the operator's thinking oh you're going to solve my problem you're going to solve my problem and the salesperson thinking yay i'm going to make a sale i'm going to make a, sale. So yeah. there's a massive disconnect isn't there that there's yeah. both of you got different objectives but you're still going to buy and sign the contract uh, without yeah. actually checking it so yeah it seems madness but um I think that's why we're doing this, right? We're trying clever people like you being able to explain the process of actually buying and testing before you get there is vital for a lot of the guys that don't have a head office or don't have the support network around them. So brilliant. I think that's, that's really good advice. And you mentioned 98% usage. Was that right? Did I get that right? On Yeah, uh, Word... 90,
1: yeah so workplace 98% of our teams log in at least once a week. Wow. Um, how, which is
0: How did you get that adoption rate so high? I mean, is it is it just because it's become so intuitive or...? Uh, i mean it, it we had it it was high anyway
1: so we were right. on like we were on like 96 um, okay. and wow. then we because it was so high we then were like okay we're now in a position where we can make it basically impossible to not use workplace to work honest like if you want to add yourself to our payroll you log into workplace and give us your bank details through a chat right. box yeah. So, like, you 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 need you need to you use it at least once. <laughs> yeah, you need to use it at least once uh, like to it. get paid. Um, and I mean, you know, even if you don't have a phone, you know, we have uh, every like, all of our POS is iPads, so you can just log in on an on an iPad. Um, so you know, we have all this stuff in place to support people that don't have a phone, but most people do. Um, you know, it's basically you know you've got a phone and keys and then you're leaving the house right mask <laughs> yeah um so you know, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know most people have access to workplace um and even folks who aren't technical know how to use facebook that's why we use workplace you know we could go to slack you know we could go to something else but people everyone knows Ever how to use Facebook? I don't have Facebook, and I know how to use Facebook. So yeah. you know it's it, it's it's just so it's just so easy. Um, plus, you know, it's you want to keep in touch with your team. It's where your re- your manager posts the rotor and all this stuff. So um, it has just become so much a core part of honest. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't know any other like in- employee engagement platform that I've ever got ninety eight percent adoption on
0: ever no it's insane and then literally that's why i wrote it down i was like what that's ridiculous and it's great and i think and and i suppose you can talk to people individually there or universally so you can share stuff by site and by area or whatever it might be
1: yeah so i mean it's it's all chat groups so yeah so you know you could have groups that are based on an area which uh uh, you know an an area manager would run or as a restaurateur you have your team as a head chef you have your kitchen team you know you could have like a creative group and it's it's all democratized, right? We don't make these groups. It's yeah. the people, they're formed by the actual network inside Honest, which I think is really, really important. And I think that's why a lot of engagement platforms fail because you try and create these groups based on your org chart, but that's yeah. not how your business works. Yeah. Like your business is not an org chart. Um, it's, you know, at your business is all these natural, wiggly, wobbly relationships between people. Um and even like outside of workplace, it's really funny. Like there's 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 groups in WhatsApp of people where they don't want to talk about honest on workplace because they think we're going to read their messages. I'm like no one has time, <laughs> and even if I wanted to, I couldn't. So like, no no one cares. But it's all it's just proof that there are these natural networks that that exist inside every single company. And if you try and create your engagement tool to look like your org chart, it's going to fail anyway.
0: It's, it's really weird, isn't it? You think back to school, right? remember the teacher's staff room that no one could ever go in or whatever came out. It was like Willy Wonka. Uh, you know, This private room where they go in, the smoke would bellow, back in my day, the smoke would bellow out the staff room and they'd all be in there. But those, those natural cohorts exist in every walk of life, right? In whatever you're yeah. doing, professionally or personally. You've got some mates you talk about this stuff too and some mates you talk about this stuff too. And I think recreating that in tech is so tricky, isn't it? Which is why democratizing it, it makes perfect sense, right? Because... They will naturally form, I suppose, the wibbly-wobbly. That's a great example
1: yeah i mean it's a nightmare for us because we have to go through and clean up all the groups like every month <laughs> yeah. and there's like <laughs> thousands and you know. thousands of them <laughs> <laughs> where like people start one project they start a workplace group and then it never happens so we have to go into delete- they'd ever delete the group and then people moan that they're in too many groups
0: <laughs> oh god no no i hate it yeah <laughs> i'm just thinking i <laughs> would be a nightmare i literally would create 15 groups in a day and go oh do you know what i'm all then i'm moving on to my next one yeah yeah um, I'm sure most of the people who call you problems are operators um and I, and one question I always like to ask everybody uh, there's lots of problems being solved by tech um what problem are we not solving do you think, or what could we do better at in terms of using technology to solve issues in the industry
1: um i think there's there's a big piece of work around transparency um and I think there's something that is going to happen for us next year, I think where we want to be really transparent um about what honest looks like. Um, you know, we want to be able to, you know, put um our carbon emissions on our menu, you know, calorie information, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the stuff that a customer probably you know would expect in 2021. Um, and um but I also think there is work on the employer side too. So you know we have access on our you know on our on our api um we have access to real-time aggregated information uh about honest so i could tell you how uh, what the you know um nationality makeup of honest is you know right now i could tell you what the average pay per roll is for honest right now i could tell you what our um you know um race makeup is right now how many people are lgbtq plus you know all this information that i think you know we should be Sharing as proof that hospitality is a really great diverse industry, but also you know you go you go on a job ad and you know and they will tell you like the pay range, but actually I want the job ad to tell you what the you know what the pay is right now for that role in this restaurant. We have that information, and we just need to display it. Um, you know go on and you know go on to our career page you can see our real-time lto stuff like that that i think would be really really useful to have um because then you can make an informed decision over whether or not you want to join this business but also you know it's great for you because you're not wasting your time it's great for us because we're not having people that leave within a month you know there's all this stuff that if we give you the information to make a, an informed decision um i think that, that will really really help but also i think there's there's so much we could do to make, um, you know, customer information better um, as well. You know, knowing when, you know, uh, Google does a guess at when your restaurant's busy, but you could actually do that, you know, by knowing how many open tables you have right now. Yeah. You could actually have, you know, on your website, there's currently seven, seven tables free, or actually there's two people waiting. You know, everyone's got, thanks to Track and Trace, everyone's got these, you know, track and trace apps and queue apps and things like that now using that on your website to give customers that information would be a really really just it would put a lot of stuff into peace of mind and i think all of the behavior that customers have now around booking like even if, like it's a tuesday afternoon at three o'clock there is no way people need a booking but people are so anxious about not getting a table <laughs> that they book for like two people at 3 p.m on a tuesday no need But they still do it. And the admin, the admin headache of bookings, I mean, I don't know what it is in other businesses, but in honest, bookings are a pain in the ass, to be (laughs) honest. That's why we don't do them for like fewer than, uh, I think, eight people, Um, because it's just a pain. Like, you know, you want to be able to have your door and sit people as they arrive. That's the easiest way of, you know, running your business. And that's why we held off on bookings for longer than I think most Um, during COVID until it was very clear that customers just weren't going to come in unless they had a booking. Um, You know, but by giving customers information about how many tables are free, what the average trend is of tables at that time, what the queue is in real time, all this stuff, you don't have to do bookings. You can just give people that information. Um, But also, you know, that customized customer experience as well. Um, I think if you look at... um, You know, the coffee industry, the stuff they've done, because everyone has their own coffee, you know, the stuff they've done around apps where you don't have to tell someone what you're having so that you can scan a QR code, it loads up on the till, takes payment. And, you know, all of that time that the person would be asking you transactional questions is actually then given up to, how was your weekend? How are uh, Mark and Sally, you know, your kids? Uh, I heard you're having a conservatory put on. How's that going? You know, all the <laughs> stuff that actually makes really good of customer connections. <laughs> that, yeah, that <laughs> means that, you know, that person is really loyal to your business because they have yeah. a connection to your team, and to your brand, instead of just medium latte, sure, is that skim milk or whole milk? Um, you know, one shot or two, all of that transaction stuff that doesn't add anything. Um, you know, I think there's so much in restaurants that, you know, it, especially it, honest, because it is so simple. You
0: know, we have uh, uh, David Pello, who's the vice president of Hard Rock Cafe globally, big, like a big type like yours. And uh, he was uh, he came and did an event with us a few years ago. And um, they've been going 50 years and they've done all sorts of stuff. You know, and uh, he was he said, I think he said one thing. He said, uh, nobody ever returns for a transaction. The only return for experience. And I was in a restaurant yesterday in London. And um they were had a paper order pad and they were taking my order and she was training a new employee and she was showing him what to do and all this kind of stuff. I was thinking, wow, we could be having a chat about this amazing stuff on the wall they had and I wanted to talk yeah. about, about the history of this stuff. But they didn't have time because they were too busy writing down the order, making sure they repeated it back. You know, all those old yeah. things that we got drummed into us uh, or I got drummed into me in, in my career. So I think, yeah, there's a huge opportunity for people not to be afraid of tech, but to use it to really enhance what they've already got and displace the humans out of the boring stuff into the right. really cool stuff.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a. I think as well, like tech can really help with productivity in hospitality. I think as as a service economy in the this is going to get very lofty, but you know, as a service economy in the UK, we're not very productive because it's very hard to be productive in a like it's it's really tricky. Like, how do you make someone more productive at talking? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like if you've got. You know, yeah, if you have a production line that makes cars, it's really easy to find efficiencies. You know, well, it's not easy. There's people that get paid a lot to make it more efficient, but you can easily see the impact that you're having on that efficiency. Whereas, if your entire, you know, a lot of your economy is based in services and human interactions, it's it's a lot trickier. But by you know, if if you think you know, if if there's a if there's any researchers out there that want to do a study in like what could What's the additional value you could add onto a transaction by having a really good, meaningful uh, conversation with somebody rather than just getting stuck in the transactional stuff? You know, that's how you can really improve productivity and hospitality because the stuff that you wouldn't think was productive because it isn't transactional actually means that people are willing to pay more, um, you know, or it gives them, you know, frees them up to, you know, for more time to make your drinks or, you know, being able to, you know, uh, jump in and out of the kitchen so that you know you you, you reduce your labor costs in in all these different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all this stuff that you could do that we currently can't because the people are essentially, you know, a step between typing stuff into a iPad or a pause and listening to a customer. Yeah. Um, and I think you know it is important that there is that human interaction. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that um, big, massive iPads is the answer in most restaurants. Uh, I, t- I don't think it's the answer for honest, really. Um, uh, you know, I think that you always have to have that that human element. Um, I think that's what it's all about, but it's what are they doing? And, and yeah. is it adding value or is they just taking your order?
0: <laughs> and, and it's really funny, right? Because back in the day, you used to have this cockpit theory, you used to call it in bartending. Uh, and I worked for the Hard Rock Cafe many years ago, and um used to be able to do everything uh, for your customer within reach without moving your body, without moving yeah. your feet. You could plant your feet and everything to make every cocktail on the menu 120 of them. I could make it all by turning around or jumping, anything was with me. But um, I think we forgot that a little bit over the years. And I think that there's people running around everywhere, and it's mad. And uh, But I, I was watching yesterday, there's these girls and boys running around. I'm like, wow, this is so inefficient. Uh, mm. But people get confused sometimes with efficiency and being boring or being, yeah. you know, lacking creativity. I don't think so. I think you can be efficient and creative. It's just um, yeah. you need to find the tech that supports you to help you do that. But, yes, I could talk all day about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have got to ask you one last question. I always ask everybody who comes on. Um, what's the most common request you get from uh, – I'm interested in operations because I was one. Uh, what's the most common request you get from the guys on the ground in terms of um, helping them?
1: I can't. I just have a spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> it's <to> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the, easy, the 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 one that I probably get asked the most is why can't I just have a spreadsheet? Um,
0: How do they get their figures then? How did they deliver them? He delivering them through work workplace. Uh,
1: no, so I mean at the minute uh, it, this is it's a work in progress. So we're right. currently working on our like uh, data insight tool. Um, it's all set up. And it's we're pulling data, but we're just uh, still checking that all the data's coming through correctly and we're not adding anything rogue in there. Um, So eventually they'll be able to log into this platform and see it all, uh, you know, in a nice pretty graph and things like that. Um, But at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. At the minute, it is it is a lot of spreadsheets. But the problem with spreadsheets is they take ages to make. You make one mistake and it's all completely wrong. And yeah. also anyone can type anything into a spreadsheet, which yeah. is like my absolute worst nightmare. Um, yeah. Like we for a time uh, in, in like deep, deep pandemic times, um, our entire HR system was in Google Sheets oh, wow. um, because we spoke to our um, HR system provider at the time. Um, I can let you guess who it was, um, <laughs> but I won't mention them. Um, and we went, so furlough. And at this point, furlough was going to finish in June Yeah, uh, at the first round in the happy, heady days of April <laughs> 2020. Um, and they went, oh, yeah, no, we'll have furlough ready by August. Um, and by that point, we were like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And and that was genuinely what triggered, like, we need to move all of our systems and get things that are more flexible and, you know, able to, you know, work with Honest in this new world. So, yeah, we we stopped using our HR system and put everyone in a Google sheet and that was our staff list. And that's where we got all of the information from.
0: Everyone would have come up against that problem during the pandemic that like, you know, Oh God, you know, cause they were reacting as well. Right. A lot of the suppliers were reacting. Everyone was reacting and everyone was running around. But I, I love the fact that it's like, no, that's not good enough. You know, that's, yeah. that's not, I, I know who's saying it in your organization as well. It's not good enough. We need to change. And, um, and you did. And I think that that's brave, isn't it? It's like also me yeah. on insane, but both.
1: Both, uh, I would, I would definitely say insane. Uh, as as someone on the other side of it now, uh, the I didn't have any grey hairs before. Uh, <laughs> I've had I've had three shaves today. dub has a beard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're, we're absolutely worth it though because I think we're in a much better place now. Um yeah. I think it's really you know it, we're not even finished and we've already set honest up for the next ten years. I think. Yeah. Um. So I I do. Um. I I, I do think spreadsheets have their place, but definitely not for your HR system. Uh, Because then you end up with people's names being blah, 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 blah. Because people were like, didn't realise where they were typing.
0: Um, And I suppose, last question, um, what do you love most about what you do? I mean, and what are you looking forward to most over the next few years?
1: Um, What do I love most about what I do? I I love, um, like, the fact that hospitality is, uh, it's not, a combative industry at all um i think there are so many great people that are all trying to do their own great thing and everyone has found their niche um and it's not something like you know retail um where you have like you know supermarkets at each other or you know uh clothes shops at each other i think hospitality is genuinely a very friendly industry um i love the fact that i can you know go and chat to anyone about anything and eat some really tasty food while doing it um and i love the fact that hospitality is finally waking up to the idea that big monolithic systems don't solve your problems they sell you a product <laughs> and uh, if you if the product does not work for your company you must change your company um the amount of companies that are run to fit um a model that is Uh, based around one monolithic system I think isn't going to last because people want best in class across lots of boutique elements of their business Um, and I think there is going to be a lot of people working to integrate between all of those different systems and um, I think that is the future I think it really excites me to see it happen Um, and uh, I, I can't wait to see more businesses taking the plunge because it's terrifying i know it is we ripped out all of our systems in like probably the easiest time to rip out all of our systems because the business was closed um i can't imagine trying to do it whilst you're running your business um and i think that's what this a lot of the old guard suppliers are relying on (laughs) is that the cost of change is just too high um um, but I, i i don't think it can continue the way it has um i think people are going to get jealous by looking at what someone else has got over there yeah um and they're going to want a bit of it
0: and, and i think you said before about when you were talking about selling in tech and the operators or people you know or happy customers are the best way to buy something and all you're going to get is people look, like looking literally against your window looking in going we want that so <laughs> uh, and, yeah and i think they're going to go and start asking off their suppliers can you do that and if they can't yeah. They're going to find a dub, right? Uh, yeah. to... <laughs> Maybe they'll find yeah. the other column. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do we, we end up doing? Do you know?
1: <laughs> I have no idea, actually.
0: <laughs> we should find out.
1: Exactly. Anyway, pack him down.
0: Thank you, Dub. Really interesting, and probably could have spent another hour talking to you actually because it, it's brilliant. And. um, we appreciate you coming on Tech on Toast. Uh, we're trying to provide useful information to everyone, and you've just done that for the last half an hour or so. So, uh, how do we get hold? Of if anybody wants to ask you anything further, God knows why they would, because literally, I, f- I feel your pain um and <laughs> what you're doing. But it sounds brilliant. Where would they find you? What's the best way to find you?
1: uh So, probably on LinkedIn. I don't really have any other social media. I'm quite a, a recluse. I used to have it all, and then. Uh, decided i hated it so i only (laughs) i only have linkedin which is arguably the worst social media um or you can uh email me dub at dub.dev dub.dev brilliant
0: i mean thank you very much and uh everyone that was dub and uh, we shall see you all next week thanks say bye dub (laughs) thanks for having me Chris. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up or you can go and check out community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week.